Professional Idiots, a podcast combining our need for work and our want for entertainment. I'm your host, Chris Flynn, joined by uh, uh, no one. I'm, I'm all alone this week. Does uh, anybody out there uh, possibly want to join? Hello? Do, it, do we actually have a guest? Kyle? Is that you, Kyle? It is. Hello, Chris. What's happening? Thanks for joining me. Ah, you're welcome. I'm just sitting here watching some uh, March Madness. Hoping well, Villanova falls. Well, you know we have to do the depressing, uh, you know, professional stuff first. Then we can talk hoops. Oh no, I'm just saying I'm actually physically watching March Madness as you called me. Well, I've got it on. I'm, I'm side eyeing it where uh, where my computer is set up. So oh, I put my computer right in front of it so I can do both at the same time. Gotcha. So what's going on, man? Well, thanks for joining me. Ah, you're welcome. I'm kind of disappointed we're not able to, you know, make fun of Aaron live, but, you know, that's, there's always next time. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's still fun to poke fun at him when he's not here. Yeah, but it's better to get his angry reaction. I'm just waiting to hear him respond to you being on here, so that, that'll be just <laughs> as good. Wonderful. But yeah, so uh, Aaron was called off to some family things or summoned off for a D&D quest or who knows where he's at. Um, and Brad being in Japan, uh, just it wasn't unfortunately going to work with your schedule, so here we are. I, I apologize for being so demanding. Yeah, well, we, we don't get a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun guests on the show, so <laughs> we have to take what we can get. So, Fair enough. So yeah, man. Um, let's let's dive into it. Uh, I'll let you go first, seeing as how you're the guest. Um, what, what do you what do you think of Donald Trump? <laughs> what do I think of Donald Trump? Um, I mean, number forty five, as we uh, as I like to call him. Yeah. I like, don't like using his uh, name because it makes me angry. Uh, so I, I guess that gives you an indication of what I think of Donald Trump. Um, yeah. Now he. The, the night he was elected, I had a small sliver of hope that possibly, maybe, he could be a human being. Nah, and that was foolish. That was immediately crushed uh, when I woke up and watched his uh, acceptance speech or whatever the hell you want to call it um, that he had. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, gone gradually or drastically downhill from there. Yeah. Um, the all the fun shit with Russia is just wonderful. His budget is atrocious at best. Um, I mean, uh, understanding that the budget that he submits to Congress is dead on arrival, as most presidential budgets are, because the House likes to write their own budget because it asserts their power of purse powers. Um, Say that ten times fast. Exactly. But the, the idea that he's indicating his uh, preferences, his presidential preferences of hard power and saying, oh, we can cut, I believe the number is 28% from the, from the State Department, cut by a third DPA, uh, you know. Well, and he's appointed people to those organizations that don't believe in them. Or have actively tried to get rid of them via their old positions and have sued them and 
tried to actively subvert them. Or uh, is Rick Perry and forgot what it was called. <laughs> or forgot what they even did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's it's incredibly baffling. I mean, it's if you look back at Reagan, I mean, it's similar to what he did. I can't remember who his energy secretary was, um, but he made the promise that the energy department would be gone, I believe, by July. And obviously that didn't happen. So this is something that has happened before. So in the the solace you can have is that to get rid of a department, you would need Congress. So um, Congress is never going to agree on that because, yes, a lot of those jobs are in D.C. and, you know, no one really cares about those jobs. But many of those jobs are also in districts. Yeah. And those congressmen, regardless of the side of the aisle they're on, they're not going to allow their people to people in their district to be fired or laid off or out of a job um, because Donald Trump is decided that he doesn't need an energy department. Yeah, regardless of how power hungry he actually is. Exactly. So, I mean, the the idea that they're going to start laying off mass amount, particularly when you're looking at energy and interior and all, like the ones that spread, I mean, state needs to be worried because they're concentrated in DC and abroad. So, I mean, they're, they don't have any representation mostly because most of them live in DC or in very liberal areas of um, Virginia and Maryland. So they're not going to make an impact. Yeah. But I mean, you think about the interior and uh, Department of Energy, where those people, like the people who are out in the fields and stuff, that where they live, um, you're talking rural USA. Which yeah, I mean, that's red territory. So yeah, I mean the the, the budget is concerning um, because it shows its priorities. I, I mean things like the allowing to dump coal into streams and getting rid of those regulations, those are way more concerning to me. Yeah. Uh, just because, I mean, that's the water we drink. Um, and then under a President Obama that we had, uh, who was, you know, seen as a little more environmental friendly, we had the Flint water crisis. And well, we still have that. We still have that. Um, and that's not going away. And I know that was, you know, that's the piping, but getting rid of standards, regula regulations and standards on piping and where you can dump sludge and coal offputs or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, it's just very, very concerning. Yes, it is. But don't worry, your microwave is listening, so uh, we'll be okay. They'll, they'll hear all of our concerns. What? I don't own a microwave, so I'm very safe. Ah, uh, no, you're not. You're not. Your voice isn't being heard. Well, I mean, that's okay. I, I think the CIA and the NSA are probably listening to me already somehow. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, or they're listening to the podcast right now, so. I mean, they could. I mean, they're getting a live look before all your listeners will um, in two weeks or so time. I mean, I'm pretty sure you can say listener singular, but, you know, whatever. Well, I'm one of them, and I, I think Brad said hello to... Uh, Another listener on the, the March 5th one that came out. I was listening to it while I ran today, so. Ah. 
Well, so, well at least two listeners. At One least two. All right, so fine. We can keep the plural. Yes. But that's that's enough of that. I, I can't. I, I get. Yeah, I get the fatigue. I just. I do get it. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, that's the thing about Russia, or not Russia, about Trump in general, is that we're. And I know you. I think I believe you guys have said this, but the media has the squirrel, um, like thing with him. Like they they get distracted so easily from the actual important items. Yeah. I'd rather report on a hundred different things that mean nothing than the three that are crucial. Absolutely. Like they're, they're, they're worrying about his tweets instead of the fact that, that he is like the, the dumping of coal, like that was barely reported. It was, yeah. it was a fine like that, that, that baffles me. That should anger everyone, mm-hmm. but it was barely reported because he was tweeting about, I, I believe at that point, he was tweeting about and Sean Spicer was bloviating about uh, the size of his inauguration. Yeah. So no one cared. Yeah. Well, Spicy can go on about whatever he wants to go on about. He's just a clown. <laughs> the best part about him is he, uh, you, you can just tell that he knows he's talking out of his ass. They all do. They all know they are. Like the the poor sap that was on trying to defend uh, you know, Obama's wiretapping, like she stood no, she knew she was lying, <laughs> or not lying maybe, but you know, making shit up. Well, you know, it was actually Obama asked the Brits now, but the the Brits have come out in a non-British way and said, "What the fuck are you actually talking about?" And then we promptly apologized, like you know, being called out for liars. So. Yep. It's good. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, let's continue to drink our beer here and talk about your job, because your job sounds kind of cool. You get to see the world. Parts of it, yeah. Uh, Eastern Europe, I actually get to go to Russia. Oh, nice. So what exactly, tell our listeners as much as you feel like of, uh, what do you do? So I work for what is, um, I work in the financial services industry, which, um, is about as exciting as it sounds um, for what is called a global custodian. So when you're investing, particularly in my, in my realm of investing abroad, um, you need a global custodian to ensure that your assets are settled and safe kept in your name or in a way that you can be serviced, um, you know, corporate actions, like you get your dividends. If you decide you want to vote on uh, annual general meeting, like just like you would for like Apple here, if you own an Apple share, like you'll get an email from your broker saying you can vote on who's going to be the CEO. Um, but we mainly cater towards large institutional investors. Okay. So what I do is I am a relationship manager on our vendor bank side. So in, we're not direct in the majority of our mark, the markets. Um, so we hire out a local bank or multiple banks, depending on the market, um, to have the, the local market knowledge about the local regulations and everything. 
And so I have the Eastern European region, and I'm the market expert for my bank, but I have contacts there, and uh, once a year I have to go to the each market, meet with the local bank, uh, meet with the local securities depository, meet with the local regulator, um, and then meet with the stock exchange. And, and this is actually stipulated through uh, U.S. and um, other um Countries' regulations. So anywhere our anywhere we have clients, we have to abide by their regulations. So if we have a UK client, or if we have a client from Luxembourg, or a client from Australia, we have to abide by their regulations as well. Gotcha. So what uh, uh, countries are you going to? So yeah, this May I will be heading to Croatia, Slovenia. Romania, Bulgaria, and Albania, and maybe stopping in London for a conference. Nice. Quite the world traveler. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did the same uh, five countries last end of May and um, beginning of June, so it's it'll be a little more familiar this time for me. And how long have you been doing this? Th this specific role I've been in um, almost two years. Uh, before that, I was in different uh, roles in the same company. I've uh, moved around quite a bit in six years there. Cool, man. Yeah, so um, it's it's a good little. Uh, I mean, it's one of the more exciting parts of the uh, the job. It's I mean, obviously you get to fly fly over and like you're you're in a new place. Well, at least last year was a new place, and you know this year it's just exciting to get into the market, see the people that you talk to every single day by phone or email or... Yeah, that they're real people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's kind of funny because I talk to the, my operations groups who, you know, communicate with them on a daily basis. And part of my what I do is just, you know, try to humanize these people. I'm like, you have to understand, like, these are actual people. You can't just go off and rip off an email at them like they're just a mailbox on the other end like these are real people you're talking to yeah i mean you would hope the you'd expect the same courtesy exactly um i mean we usually usually get good courtesy because we're the clients in like we hire the banks also we are the clients um yeah so at they, the end of the day you keep them in in business yeah so i mean it's my job to make that op, that relationship work well the operational Everything operationally um, work well. Uh, I won't get into the operational aspect because it will make everyone fall asleep if I start talking about um, Swift. I mean, the only time anyone that's listened to this podcast has ever heard of Swift is uh, when um, you heard about maybe read something on Reuters last year about Swift, the Swift network in Bangladesh being hacked and $100 million being um, instructed out of a bank. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about Taylor Swift. No, no, not Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, no, damn. I'm not here all day. <laughs> My wife's a big fan. Well, good. So are there any of these places that you would say are like, you know, your favorites? Like uh, any place you're really excited to go back to? Um, uh, I mean, I'm really excited to go back to all of them. I've, hopefully I'm working working it out so I can get two full weekends in this trip Um because of the conference, so I'm hopefully going to be in Ljubljana and Slovenia for a weekend, and then Sofia, Bulgaria for a weekend. Very cool. Um, 
And then at the end of the trip, I have the, my company's pretty good. Uh, they'll let you extend your trip. Um, as long as the flight back isn't more expensive than it would be. Um, when yeah. you're, so I'm going to have my wife fly over and meet me in Zagreb. And then we're going to go down to the Dalmatian coast and, uh, have a week long vacation, um, without me having to pay for airfare. That's not bad, man. That's a good way to travel. Absolutely. And I was joking with my wife last night. I was like, well, you know, it's going to be real sad for you when um, we're flying back at the end of that trip and I'm getting into business class and you're sitting in coach. Yeah. She's, she's going to be very excited about that. You're just going to enjoy the hell out of your leg room. Oh, I, believe me, the that's one of the best things. I mean, you know how tall I am. Um, it's uh, a definite perk to when you're flying uh, – well, Six. I mean, un- unless you're like two feet tall, you're, the extra <laughs> leg room is appreciated. Yeah, but I'm six five, so it's a little uh, it's a little more appreciated on my side. <laughs> yeah. Like last year when I flew to I flew to um, Almaty, Kazakhstan from the U.S. and that is I left Friday night and landed Sunday morning. It was oh God. Very much appreciated having that. So how long were you actually in the air, not including time change? 18 hours. Oh, God. The, the flight to Frankfurt from Boston was actually shorter than the flight from Frankfurt to Astana. And then Astana, you we legitimately acted like a bus. We landed, pulled up to the terminal, people got on, and people got off. But, like, if you were going to Almaty, you just stayed on the plane. Got it. That's and a, that was like, 2 o'clock in the morning. That was fun. That's That's an unnecessary amount of time. I agree. I mean, the the best thing for that of that whole part was that I got to Frankfurt and I had a three or four hour layover. I can't remember. And the um, luckily the Lufthansa lounge there has showers and sleeping rooms. Nice. So we go take a quick nap and then take a shower to feel like a human again. Yeah, not to feel like cattle. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, but no, I, like I said, I went to I went to Moscow last year, and it's as terrifying and big as uh, you see in movies and read about. Though I didn't get to go see any of the places where Jason Bourne torn up tore up in uh, his old movies. So why would you say it was as terrifying? What was it? What was your personal opinion of it? It's just very large and concrete, and like I don't, I don't want to say Stalinistic, but like you know that like. Very communist-looking, um, like imposing buildings, and the people are fine. I mean, like no one, everyone's kind of like keeps to themselves. My contacts there are great. Um, it's just you're there, and it's you're looking around, and I mean, you have in the back in the back of your head, like yeah, everything that came out about Mr. Trump, like. Um, during that whole dossier about like the golden showers and everything, that yeah. thing you do in your hotel room is probably not um, private. Yeah. So like you have that in the back of your mind. Like it doesn't matter if you're staying in like a hotel, a Motel Six or Motel Eight or whatever the heck it's called, or like the Sheridan, like I was. Like it's your the idea that you the Russian government knows you're there because you had to get a visa. X amount of months beforehand, and you're they, an American. Yeah, American, and they know where you're staying, and they because that's part of like the visa process. Like you have to give them exactly where you're staying, your exact dates, and 
Um, yeah, so that and I was just exhausted because I flew at four o'clock in the morning from Almaty, Kazakhstan, and got in and went straight to meetings. Oh, geez, were you just like drunk? I was just exhausted. I was very, very tired. Well, that, yeah, exactly. Just so exhausted. Oh, yeah. Drunk, tired. Yeah. Yeah. I probably was stumbling around the street. It was probably very, very glamorous. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm also kind of disappointed you didn't make a good communist hotel joke. Sorry, no. You, you could have gone with the Red Roof Inn. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I did, my, my contact did give me a, um, give me a hat. Um, one of the, not, not the big fuzzy hat, but a, um, like the little, like, infantryman hat with the red star and sickle on the front, hammer and sickle on the front. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I got that and I brought that back in the first day back in the office. I wore it in as um, I walked into the office and my, my colleagues uh, thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. Well, shall we take a quick break and uh, come back and talk about some hoops and some hockey? Absolutely. Well, you, you know the drill then. Ah, uh, horns. Uh-huh. I think I'm going to let you do them, because I don't know if I can do them as well as you guys. You're the guest, damn it. Do it. I'm not sure Welcome back to Professional Idiots. I am still joined by pinch hitter Kyle Shade today. And we're watching basketball, drinking beers. Absolutely. What else do you do on a Saturday? Uh, in March, nothing. Like yeah, I, there's really nothing else to do. Yeah. Thankfully, the weather's not as terrible here as it is by you, so I at least have have that going for me. But I mean, it, it's 38 today. I mean, it's not bad. It's sunny. Though we're supposed to get more snow overnight, and after the nor'easter this week, uh, it's yeah, it's just been kind of shitty. Okay. We did have like the random like half a week of 70 degrees at the end of February, which just confused the hell out of everyone. I mean, it was lovely. I'm not going to deny oh, that. I'm not complaining. Everyone was just like, what is going on? Like, should we pull out shorts and t-shirts or? I mean, I did. Don't get me wrong. I ran in like shorts and a singlet, which was great. And then next thing you knew, it was 20 degrees again and windy. Yeah. Because it's always windy. Yeah, well. So, uh, as it is March Madness and we are drinking beers, uh, what's on tap for you today? What are you drinking? Um, I'm just finishing up a Guinness, and then I'm moving on to uh, – well, I've had three of those, so I'm deciding to go something a little lighter. So I'm going to uh, what's called Lord Hobo, which is a local craft brewery here in Boston, uh, and their Glorious Galaxy Pale Ale. Nice. Sounds pretty yeah, tasty. Uh, I've got a Bell's Hop Slam Ale. That I'm, nice. I'm working on. It's uh, trying to clean out the fridge. We're getting ready to move here in a bit, so it's drink all the beer that's cold. You guys buying a place or? Nah, just a new apartment. Just get out, of, get out of the old one. Yep, time to make a change. So, that's uh, fair. so yeah, uh, so with basketball on, uh, you, you got any teams that you're pulling for this year? Well, I mean. I picked Gonzaga to go all the way, um, so they will inevitably embarrass me somehow because that's what they always do. When they're expected to do well, they go out in the second round. So uh, congratulations, congratulations to Northwestern on your win tonight. 
I would love to see it happen in the same fashion it did to Vanderbilt. That would be just wonderful. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's an inevitability. Like when Gonzaga is highly rated, they bomb out against someone they really have no position bombing out against. Yeah. Um, now, besides that, I, this has been a pretty straightforward college basketball year from everything that I've followed. Yeah, I don't I don't pay that close attention to it, but it seems like the chalk is is going to do pretty well this year. Yeah, I would not like, it wouldn't shock me if this is one of the first years in a long time that all four number ones made it, made it. and obviously that would make me happy because that means Gonzaga didn't bomb out, um, made it to the final four. But even like just the ones and twos, you know, like yeah. how you know Duke, like no Duke. one would be surprised if Duke made it or who's the uh, is it Arizona? Arizona. Kentucky, um, Louisville, like no one would be shocked by any of those teams no. making it to the sweet or to the final four. So yeah, I mean, yeah out of the top eight um, teams, it's barring something drastic. I, I I'd be shocked if it wasn't all ones and twos in the final four. Yeah. Like, I picked against that a little bit just because of, you know, it's the tournament and it doesn't always go down that way, but I guess this year would not be surprising. No, absolutely not. And it's, I mean, you always hope for it, even when your bracket's on the line, you just kind of hope for those big upsets. But, I mean, the first two days showed that they had quote-unquote upsets, but if you looked at the Vegas line, um, the higher seeds, the, the like 11s and 12s that won and the 10s that won were actually favored. Yeah. Like middle Tennessee state over Minnesota, like middle Tennessee state was favored in that game. And, um, uh, Wichita state over Dayton, Wichita state was favored. So like, it's nothing shocking, um, happening like Xavier or Maryland, Maryland has consistently shit the bed in the tournament, like almost a la Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so well, and my wife's a Xavier alum, so I have to cheer for Xavier. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I mean, my bracket's actually doing pretty well um, because I took mostly the chalk line, except for I I followed a lot of the um, at least in the first round I followed a lot of the Vegas lines because those guys get you know they make money on doing a good line. Yeah, and, and being pretty well, uh, pretty well in their picks. So exactly, I was glad to see Purdue uh, come alive in the second half in their game. It was way too close in that first half, <laughs> and for the, the start of the second, but they they managed to to widen the gap and, and close it out without any sort of heartbreak like last year and the but, year before. I say Vermont's a pretty. I mean, Vermont's a consistently good team. Like they're, I feel like every year they're in there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like you, you get that coupling of, like, they're a consistent – it's not like you're getting guys who are gra- like going off, leaving after a year or two. So you get you get a good amount of seniors, but you also have a lot of experience on the team who have been there. So, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a, always a dangerous combination. For sure. And, but uh, we'll see in the, the next round here. If you know, Purdue can get on a roll and, and stay hot, I, I'm hopeful they can – Make some noise and get uh, get through. Iowa State's very beatable. Yeah, no, they are. 
I mean, I have I have Purdue going past. I have Purdue losing to Kansas. Yeah. Uh, but I also had no, I had Nevada winning that game um, over Iowa State. But either way, I don't. I didn't see Purdue losing before Kansas. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully they can make it a good game, and if they can up make the upset, then that'd be awesome. That'd be it'd be big for the Big Ten. No, absolutely. I mean, I have Kansas in the Final Four, so I'd be sad. But I, like I said, I love upsets. I. And that's what the tournament's about, you know. Like if, if somehow Middle Tennessee State and Wichita State and who else is still left USC somehow make it to the uh, Final Four. I'm not going to be angry. No, no one will. <laughs> it's just going to be hilarious. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody's brackets will be busted, and everybody will be just watching for the fun of the game. Exactly. I mean, I think, yeah, URI still left. Like, that would be I, – I don't think that they're going to make it, but yeah. I, did, I didn't think URI was going to be Creighton, so. Yeah. So. You, you win some, you lose some there. Exactly, exactly. I think if you can make it out of this weekend with, you know, your final four, your elite eight still intact, you're you're looking pretty good. Yeah, I haven't lost any elite eight yet. I've surprisingly only lost. Uh, let's see, like Notre Dame lost today, right, to West Virginia. So I have yeah. them, lose, that, them losing to Gonzaga. So like that's not a. I mean, yeah, so far so good. I haven't lost. I've only lost. I mean, I'm over one today, so I'm over one in the Sweet 16 got teams, but yeah, they don't. I didn't have them going past that. Let's see here. Let's see mine. Let's see mine. Uh, I lost Maryland in one of them. Oh God! Why would you ever have Maryland doing anything? Uh, just doing something different. Oh, they're so like that. Oh, I can't remember the coach's name. He's he's just awful. And then ever since, I, ever yeah. since Garrett Williams left, oof. No, my, mine are pretty well. They're they're doing all right. So we'll see. As long as, long as Villanova doesn't lose. Oh well, yeah. I mean, as long as Villanova doesn't lose, but I, I'd be okay with it because again, everybody else has them. So yeah. Is that who you picked to win the uh, win the title? No, I have two brackets. I've got Duke winning one. And then I've got uh, Kansas winning the other. I, I mean, really, I really just getting hot at the right time, you know. And Krzyzewski is one of the best coaches ever. Oh, he's amazing. He, he is. I mean, ever since he took over Team USA, it's been nothing but championships there. I mean, as it should be. Like, there's no reason that team should ever lose. Well, except for if you have someone that doesn't know how to handle any type of personalities. Yeah. Like. He could take a bunch of B-string NBA players and still win win the title because he can get them to work together. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't need to have LeBron and uh, Durant and um, I don't know who else would be on that team. Uh, Chris Paul and um, Blake Griffin. He doesn't need all those guys on there. He could take a bunch of guys who are sixth men or – sitting on the bench of NBA teams and still probably win the Olympics because he's that good of a coach. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a lot closer. (laughs) (laughs) But it wouldn't be 25 point blowouts in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the gold medal game, but yeah. So, uh, so speaking of, uh, B string players, uh, how do you think Sid and Gino are going to do this year? 
I mean, I, I mean, this is the first year of the new playoff format, right? No, this is year two, year three. We'll say the play out of the, I mean, the, the problem in the Eastern Conference is the Metro is fucking stacked. Yeah. And you have the Atlantic being just god awful. I mean, the top three teams in the Metro would be 12 point, I think it's like 12 points clear of the second place, or the, of the first place team currently, the Montreal Canadiens in the Atlantic. So it's, Look at um, you saying it correctly. Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm here in Boston, so I'm listening to people, Boston sports talk, or, you know, which means the Canadians are a hot topic all the time. I mean, all four of the teams are above the Canadians. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's infuriating because in the old format, um, I mean, obviously you'd have the one, two, and then you'd have – like we wouldn't have to play Columbus. Yeah. Like but would, but yeah. my question though is is Columbus for real though? Do you think that they you get under the hot lights of the the playoffs here for the Stanley Cup? Do you think they hold up? I mean, it's a good team. I mean, they 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 were hot. I mean, they I still think they're riding on a little bit of their um hot streak early on the season. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they only won how many games in a row was it? Or they took no. points in 17, 18? Oh, it took points and it was like something like twenties, but like they won, end up winning seventeen, sixteen or seventeen in a row. Something ridiculous like that. But I mean, if you think about it, that's like the the year Crosby fractured his neck slash concussed whatever you want to call it in the uh, outdoor game. The Pens had the same run. Yeah. And I feel like those those type of runs early in the season really don't like if you're not if you're going to make that run, you want that run. In March, February, March, because that means you're getting hot at the right time. Like having that run in January or having that run November, December, yeah, it sets you up to make the playoffs. But like Columbus and Washington both have those runs. Like people were talking about Washington being um, breaking the points record, and now they are in a dogfight for the first play, uh, the number one overall seed in, in the Metro. Yeah. So I mean they they've come back down to earth. Uh, I think they they're like four and six in the last ten or something. Like they're I don't know if they they're playing right now. I don't know. It's four four five and one in their last ten, and they play this evening. Okay. No, yeah, I mean um, Columbus doesn't scare me obviously as much as Washington, but Washington has the the shit the bed factor against the Penguins. And also Columbus is coached by John Tortorella, known meatball. So. <laughs> He's he's awful. He yes yes he is. The fact that he still has a coaching job is beyond it's me. Baffling. He so had yeah, just loaded Vancouver teams that he couldn't do a damn thing with. And he also had the same thing in New York. Nah, not as much. I, that Vancouver team was I think more stacked. More sna- stacked, but you also had Lundqvist when he like he could have won multiple games, won nothing, and he yeah. did. Well, but they also, like, you and I could have been third or fourth liners for them. Yeah, true, true. I know that's fair. Yeah, like, well, like I said, Columbus doesn't scare me as much because I think their lack of, the lack of playoff experience plus Tortorella coach, um, you, you've got to think advantage Penguins just because you have 
Crosby and Malkin there. Um, well, you got the Kessler D- as well. Yeah, Kessel, and I mean, yeah, I have the D. The the D line is going to be finally be healthy by that point, and that means they're going to be rested. They're not going to be like Latang hasn't played in uh, almost a month, and he's going to be healthy. I think end of this month, so yeah. he's going to have just enough time to get his legs back, and he's going to come in. He's going to come in fresh. Yeah, that's going to be huge. Exactly. I mean, they're they're. Right now they're just holding on. I mean, last night I think they won six four, seven four over uh over the the Devils, which I mean, it just shows you like their their de- their defensive core is shredded right now. But I mean, they're all like all the guy, all the injuries are gonna are supposed right now are supposed to be back by beginning of April, and that's gonna be huge. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Columbus doesn't scare me that much. Um, and in Washington, they, for whatever reason, they cannot seem to get past the Penguins in the playoffs. No. You might even get it in the first round, depending on how things go. Uh, that would be really hard. Cause, I mean, that would mean Columbus would have to jump both Penguins and... Um, they, they're they, ahead we, of them right now. Who? Columbus. No, they're not. I thought they Because the Penguins won last night, so they would have been... they still in the second. Nope. Uh, I'm looking at the standings right now. You got Washington and Columbus tied at 98 points. Penguins at 97. Okay. Uh, let's see. Games played. Games played. I can't really do math in my head. Uh, let's see. You guys got some games in hand. It looks like no. I think wait. One game in hand. Let's see. Two. No, you guys are even on the games played. Okay. So. Yeah, you're you're all everybody's square. You guys are a point behind. No, that's not bad. I mean, it'll be like I said. Like, I, I think Columbus and Pittsburgh will probably end up playing the two three, and um, Washington will get the Rangers, which means I mean the Rangers are going to be no slouches. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no easy. Oh no, no, they'll get the second. They'll get the second wild card, which will be whoever's coming out of the uh, out of the Atlantic. No, well, it'll be uh, the Islanders or Toronto right now, depending on how it shakes out. You get the Islanders, Toronto, and Tampa are in a dogfight for it. Yeah, which I mean, so yeah, Washington's going to coast through, yeah. coast through the first round. So I mean, that that'll be their benefit. They'll get a, a battered and bloody either Columbus or Pittsburgh. Yeah. But I mean, if you look back into even the 90s, like Washington has, I think they've won one Stanley Cup series against Pittsburgh in, in their history. Yeah. But I, I, I don't, uh, I mean, they're, they're obviously always scary because of what Ovechkin can score, but I mean, he also is a head case, in my opinion. And I think the fact that he is still their captain is a travesty because he's a winger. And I don't think wingers should be captains. That's positionist. I'm sorry. I think I think when it comes down to it, it needs to be a center or a defenseman. That's positionist. Okay. However, I mean Jonathan Taves is our captain, so I, you know. Yeah, but he's more of a leader. Yeah. He actually is a leader. I mean, whereas uh, Obeshkin, I mean, he barely speaks English. Yeah. Well, I mean, most hockey players can barely speak English. Most hockey players are, are Canadian. 
They're Canadian farm boys. Yeah, but they speak English. They barely have a comprehension of language. Yes, but he only has a comprehension of Russian language. <laughs> uh. So I, I think, I mean, I, I just think that until he loses the sea, I think that would be a big problem. For, I think that will continue, the leadership aspect will continue to be a problem for them. Because anytime they're pressured at all, they seem to crumble. Yeah. But what about what about your your boys? You think they you think they're going to walk through the Western Conference? I mean, I yes. I, it, I think it's going to be Chicago, San Jose, and whoever wins that's going to come up against either Washington or Pittsburgh, unless Carey Price decides to assume his otherworldly status and carry the Canadians to the, the finals. Mm. I, don't I, mean, think, I just don't think they have enough offensive power. But Carey Price is, I mean, True. he's the best goalie in the game right now. Um, so, I, like I said, I think... When he's on. What was that? When he's on. Well, exactly. When he's on, he's the best goalie in the game. Um, but, you know, Chicago, you, you go up against St. Louis, and nobody scares you on that team. They've taken steps <laughs> backwards from the team... <laughs> team last year that beat us in seven after, you know, playing basically two full seasons back-to-back. Yeah. Nashville's okay, but, again, they're going to run into Minnesota and beat up on each other for a while. Isn't what's-his-face injured? Um, the defenseman they got from Montreal? Subban? I yeah, don't Subban. know. I think he's still out. You know, I think, once again, if he gets healthy, he's a, he's a game-changer. Yeah, but Pecorine, I mean, his hip is still gross and disastrous. True. Which, you know, you never know. One one save could be the end of his playoff run. And Minnesota is still the same Minnesota team that we've beaten three straight play or three straight playoff appearances in a row. So Kessler, what's his face? And now it was supposed to be a huge signing that was gonna put them over the top. Well, they just became completely top heavy. They've got nothing behind those two guys. And they ride Sutter for like 50 minutes a game. I remember when they signed them uh, because they were both, both of them were flirting with Pittsburgh. And yeah, well, that was never going to happen. When they're like, we're going to make, we're going to make Minnesota, we're going to make them a Stanley Cup champion. I was like, yeah, but you got to look at the roster. There's nothing else there. Yeah. And you look at the Pacific and you've got San Jose, who's dangerous. Yeah. But then Anaheim is still the same Anaheim Ducks team that can't win a Game 7 to save their life. Calgary is still incredibly young, and Edmonton's even younger. Yeah, but Edmonton's skilled. Oh, man, they're good. I mean, they're going to be good. Yeah, I think that's the correct uh, statement, though, is that they're going to be good. They still need another year or two to, to grow up a little. They, have, they remind me of the 07 Pens. The ones that like just got into the pen, uh, got into the playoffs, ju- and just were happy to be there. Yep. Before the year they lost, then the next year they lost to the Red Wings, and then. Then they beat them. And then they beat them. Yeah, like that. That that team reminds me of the 07 Pens, and so that means look out in the next couple of years. Yeah. So they could be really, really good. Yeah. So who? So I mean, obviously your hometown pick is the Penguins are going to win it all. So, but uh, who are they going to play in the the West? I mean, I think you got it right. It's either Chicago or San Jose, and it's going to come down to who ends up. I think it's going to come down to who ends up with home field or home ice. Yeah. Whoever gets a game seven, gets game seven on their home ice, and 
I think it's less important um, in the East just because, once again, the the shit the bed factor of the Caps. I mean, we beat them on their home ice in Game 7 multiple times. Yeah. And the undressing, uh, what was that, uh, the 09 season? We yeah, beat them 7-1 to one or something. Yeah, I don't remember. Game 7. It was over before the second period, like, got underway. Yeah. But that was also the series where Obeshkin had a hat trick in one game, so Crosby came back the next game and said, all right, I, I see you, I can do that too. You can Anything you can do, I can do better? Exactly. Yeah, it, went, it, it was 2-2 home ice games. Like, they both won their home ice games, and then... then Proceeded to trade off and then went back to Washington and Pittsburgh just blew the doors off them. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, a Chicago Pittsburgh series would be would be quite fun. I know. I wish we would have had it when we were in gra- or when I was in grad school and you were uh, at Kent. That would have been much more fun than the uh, what happened. Oh, well. Then again, you guys might have not won that Stanley Cup. True. That was a that was a fun one to watch at like four in the morning UK time. That was great. <laughs> I was deliriously tired for like six straight weeks. Yeah, but you enjoyed every second of it. Oh yeah, it was great. You were just excited when it was a one p- one p.m. Uh, puck drop in the <laughs> in, in Chicago because I mean it was like only eight o'clock. It was a normal game time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that is that's about all I got for today. Anything else uh, on your radar? Um, I hope the Cubs implode and um, everything bad happens to that team. And go Pirates. Yeah, Pittsburgh sucks anyway, so that's fine. I mean, they're good. There's, the problem is they're the third best team in their conference, or in their division. And probably the third or fourth best team in the conference. Yeah. But or the National League, or the hell you want to call it. Yeah, but, I mean, but again, you're behind the Cardinals and the Cubs, so good luck. Exactly. Which is which means we get to go on the road for the wild card game, maybe. Yeah, maybe if you even get there. So, ah, uh, small market teams. Yay! Someday. Someday. Someday, man. Just like Ari keeps saying, someday. I think the Pirates are closer than the Astros, but. I, I mean, skill-wise, yeah. But the problem is that they only have the Rangers in front of them. We once again still have the Cubs and the Cardinals in front of us. I mean, it doesn't matter, though. As we've discussed on this podcast, they can't beat the Rangers to save their lives. Yeah, but if they ever make that breakthrough, at least they're there. At least they win the division. Yeah. Whereas we have the Cubs. We need we need a year from the Cubs and Cardinals both to have, like, an off year in the same year. Yeah. Well, we shall see. It's why they play all 162 games or whatever the, the cheesy saying is. Yeah, can can you call Mansfield or whatever Manford or whatever his name is, and you know get that cut in like half? I wish, man. I, I think all of this, all of the seasons are too long. Like the NFL is the only one that gets it right as far as that goes. Well, yeah, because it's one game a week, and you you hypothetically pay attention to your team once a week, and that's all. And they get captive audience. Yep. I mean, because I don't watch any of the. I mean, I watch some, but like. Percentage-wise, I barely watch any of the hockey or the baseball regular season. 
The only time I watch the hockey regular season is when the Pens are on NBC uh, and or sport NBC Sports, um, like as the game of the week or something on either yeah. a Sunday afternoon or a Wednesday night because I'm not paying for whatever it's called the open ice or the $150, a month or a year to have to be able to watch them. Like, ah, I'm all set. Yeah. Because I don't have the time. No, I mean, I'll catch it occasionally if it's just on TV. Like, I'll just have it on in the background. But, like, yeah, I don't watch that many regular season games. I'll pay attention to the playoffs and, and go from there. I was saying, like, once, it, once the playoffs get I will try to arrange my schedule around those games. But, I mean... Once again, it's life takes precedence over sports because in the end you can't really affect it. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that happy note, shall we call it a call it a podcast? Sure. You're the boss, man. I sometimes. <laughs> I mean, Aaron's not here to to you know contradict that. Well, I mean, t- generally we just aggressively agree with each other. I think that'd be one thing he tried to at least contradict. Yeah. So I think we can call it a call it a, a podcast, and maybe next time we can, if I join whenever I join again, I can uh, annoy Aaron. Even your like I said before, your presence alone is going to annoy Aaron. So <laughs> enjoy that. Just just savor that for the next episode. I think I will. All right. Well, thanks for joining, Kyle. And uh, if any of you out there have a topic you want to hear us aggressively agree on, or you want to be a guest on the show. You can email us at twoprofessionalidiots at gmail.com or check out the blog at professionalidiotsblog.wordpress.com. Until next time, this has been Professional Idiots. Thanks for listening. 